Hello and welcome to a bite-sized episode of Ofsted Talks to mark the start of the new academic year, which I'm very much looking forward to because my youngest starts reception. Uh, I'm Sharina Kadetra, I'm Head of Strategy here at Ofsted. I'm here with Lee Elston, who is Deputy Director of Schools and Education. And we're going to talk about what we've been up to at Ofsted during the summer, including some of the changes that have been made to the way we inspect and report. So Lee, one of the questions we often get asked is, what happens at Ofsted when the schools are closed? Yeah, hi, Sharina. Good question. Um, It's certainly true that we don't inspect schools during the six week break, but um, we don't just inspect schools. So, you know, our inspection and regulatory work does continue in early years and um, further education and skills or some of our adult learning provision. But all of our schools, HMI, have been former leaders in schools, so myself included, we're certainly used to longer summer breaks. So many people enjoy some annual leave during the summer, but we don't get all of the time, you know, we don't get all of the six weeks. Um, So there are a number of activities that we undertake um, when we're working, but schools are closed. So, for example, we might look at Um, completed evidence bases or we might look at reports to try and gather together some information on a particular theme. So we've recently done something on careers education to try and understand how much do inspectors get underneath that in their evidence bases? Do they then report on it? And of course, if we pull all that information together, it really helps me and my teams um, understand whether we need to Do we need to deliver some training? Do we need to adjust our handbooks? Um, Do we need to have a focus in terms of quality assurance? So there's plenty to keep us busy, even though schools are closed and inspection isn't isn't continuing. But we really do maximise that time so that we can hit the ground running. Just as you said, the start of a new term offsets just the same. We try and get as much done as possible so that we can be prepared for for what the year ahead brings. Brilliant. Um, you mentioned that one of the things you get up to over the summer is adjusting inspection handbooks. Could you tell us a bit more about the changes that have been made to the school's inspection handbook? Yeah, and and this is um this is an approach we, we kind of try and do or take annually. So we try and make as few changes to the inspection handbook as we can. And if we are going to make some changes, we try and do it at this point um, in the year. So we do it just before the summer so that and publish just before everybody goes away on their summer break so that again come September we can we can implement that new handbook so we've made a number of updates actually for for this year ready for September and there's probably far too many to to list here but just to give you a kind of flavor of some of the main ones and actually before I start it's important to reassure people that when we do make changes including this year they're not fundamentally changing anything about you know what we look at what we evaluate or how we go about our work what we're keen to do is try and clarify some of the areas that we know people are um, less sure about and where we've heard through our engagement that they're just unclear so we try and review every year and ensure that you know, the messages are as, are as clear as possible. So um, one of those areas for this year, we've taken a good look at safeguarding in particular. We've tried to reduce some of the duplication. So we recognise that some of our guidance around safeguarding sits in different places and we've tried to pull it all together into the school inspection handbook. So there's one place for all of the important messages. And that means we've also cut down on some of the, you know, some of the repetition. We've been clearer in terms of what we mean by um, an effective safeguarding culture. 
we've pulled together all of the bits where we try and describe culture and we put it in, in one place. We've also provided some more detail on what constitutes ineffective safeguarding practice. And we recognise that we can't write, you know, a long, long list of things because there will always be situations that we can't cover. But we've tried to give, a, you know, as I said, give a flavour of what ineffective safeguarding practice might be to reassure people that it is not only those significant issues that affect the safety of pupils that that would lead us down that ineffective path. Um, we've also provided some additional input and some words on how we judge behaviour and attendance. Again, those two areas are um, often in conversation when I'm talking to trust CEOs or head teachers or, or teachers, you know, anybody essentially in education. Those two words keep, keep cropping up, behaviour and attendance, because we know that they remain really kind of live challenges. We know they were tricky during the pandemic. We know they still remain tricky as we as we move out of that. But again, for reassurance, so if I just take attendance as, a, as an example, we've tried to reassure people that we're aware that attendance isn't where it once was. You know, lots of schools are finding it really hard to get back to the attendance levels that they had pre-pandemic or higher. So we've tried to set out in our handbook that as long as schools are doing all that they can reasonably do to achieve the highest possible attendance, then it shouldn't be an issue on inspection. So we'd expect you know, some understanding of the causes of absence. We'd expect some kind of strategy or plan to address attendance for all pupils, um, particularly, as you would expect, persistent or, or severe absence. And as long as there's some evidence that attendance is moving in the right direction, so it might not be where it once was or, or higher, but as long as there's strong evidence that it is moving in that direction because of all of those things that, that schools have done, then schools leaders shouldn't have any issue in terms of um, how we might evaluate that on on the ground. And then there's a few other little little bits and pieces throughout the handbook that we've that we've adjusted things about you know who who can I have sitting alongside me in a meeting? You know, we recognise some people might need a bit of extra personal or or professional support. And of course, we've also clarified at the end of an inspection, leaders can share their inspection outcome provisionally with others in their school before the final report is published. There are one or two caveats there. You know, we we would say that we want to speak to parents, pupils or staff on their own so that they can kind of talk freely without without a senior colleague there. And of course, we would also say don't share the outcome with parents until the final report is published, because, of course, everything goes through a, a quality assurance process. So that's just a little bit of a flavour of some of the things that we've updated and changed. There are far more. Um, and I would encourage people to, if they haven't already, when they get a chance, just to have a have a look at that document, which, as I say, was was put online, put on our gov.uk site just before the summer. Brilliant. I was actually just going to ask you uh, where people can find out a bit more. Yeah, so so all of our main changes, as I said, go on um, the Offset website. So that's a, a gov.uk website. But we're also publishing a range of other things. So obviously we've got this podcast, which gives a little bit of a flavour of, of what we've been doing. We hope to have a, a back to school blog that we can publish that I suppose repeats some of the things that you'll have heard here but also give a little bit more detail about some of those other areas. And of course, we have a regular programme of webinars. Um, those are directly aimed at people in the sector. Everybody's welcome to attend those. This term in particular, we have some sessions looking at in-depth changes. So as I've just said, there'll be webinars on um, 
our safeguarding changes. There'll be webinars on attendance and behaviour. And we're also going to do a more general overview right at the beginning of September, similar to kind of our back to school blog, but just giving you a bit of a bit of a heads up in terms of those changes we've made to the inspection handbook. So I think it's fair to say we've got a pretty full and, and varied programme for the year ahead. Um, and actually lots of our topics are driven by what teachers and leaders tell us they want to hear more about or where they want some further clarification or reassurance. So we're always keen to hear from people if there's something that we could do, whether that's a blog or whether that's a webinar, um, because we want we want everybody to understand inspection as it as it truly happens. You know, there's lots of myths out there for various reasons. And of course, it's always better to hear about Ofsted from Ofsted than to rely on somebody somebody else. So we intend to keep going with our webinars because we find them a really valuable way of, of sharing some of the, the reality of inspection rather than some of the myths. Brilliant. And um, how can people get in touch to um, suggest topics they'd like to have covered? Yeah, there's there's um, there's a way of communicating with us through the through the website where, you know, there's very many, many of us in the team on on social media channels. Um, when we're out and about, don't be frightened coming in and and talking to us. You know, I've got a, a heavy programme of engagements across the autumn and beyond, which means I'm, I'm out and about. I'm one of the faces of, of Ofsted reassuring people, answering questions, which I think is is a really good thing for us to be doing. So, again, don't be frightened to come up and approach me. Um, we're always keen to kind of pool together everything that we hear and then choose the topics that people want to hear most about whether that's webinars or other other types of communication. I can definitely confirm to all of our listeners that Lee is not scary and people <laughs> should definitely feel free to approach him. Uh, so I think that's um, pretty much all we were going to cover today. So we will put links to the blog and webinars in the description of the page. Thank you for coming along, Lee. I know it's your first week back from leave this week. Um, did you have a good summer break? I did. I did. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the usual holiday with family, caught up with friends, read plenty of books, uh, not the handbooks, I might add, I promise. Um, and generally just had time to to recharge. And I think um, that's important for us all, isn't it? Because I get the same feeling now as I did when I was back in school, you know, that 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 time of the year when you're preparing for the year ahead, end of the summer, beginning of autumn. Um, and that still comes with equal amounts of excitement and optimism for what's to come, as well as a little bit of anxiety on that first first day first day back because well whether you're in school or whether you're working for us none of us can quite predict what might be just around the corner next so yeah important to get a good break which I hope everybody has and then um, we're able to put our best foot forward aren't we for whatever challenges come in the academic year ahead brilliant well thanks so much Lee um, if you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss the next one please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from 